Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. Hiya, Jay. Hello, Ian. Also, we've got our LFC editor, Andrew Kelly. Hi, Andy. Ian, you alright? And Echo journalist, Neil Jones. Hi, Ian. Uh, Neil, you and James were both at Huddersfield last night to see Liverpool get back to winning ways. A 3-0 win, James. What did you make of it? I enjoyed it, yeah. Um, I must admit, I went there with a, a bit of trepidation just on the back of two such dismal results and, and poor performances, wondering what to expect, but it, it was the response that Klopp had demanded. Um, you know, he'd called out his front line in the build-up to the game, saying he needed more out of them, more effort, more work rate, and he, and he certainly got that, I thought, across the board. Transformed in all departments and you know, defensively sound, didn't have an awful lot to deal with, but um, didn't really put a foot wrong. So much more creative and dynamic in midfield, uh, aided considerably by the return in Jordan Henderson, and caused Huddersfield a lot of problems going forward. Which um, Firmino, for me, was the best player on the pitch, and, and <coughs> continued his purple patch with a with a piece of absolute genius for that second goal. We'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, Neil, six changes Klopp made on uh, on Tuesday. He wasn't messing about, was he? No, no. I don't think you could argue with any of them. The only one that was probably surprising was Van Dijk being left out, but that was due to, as Klopp said, a physical thing rather than anything else. The others, I mean, the two full-backs had to change after after Saturday. The goalkeeper was always going to change. Uh, you, you, couldn't have, you couldn't have made the case for Oxley chamberlain and Wijnaldum staying in the team for me. So I can't, I can't see too many problems with it. good thing is it was still quite a... Quite a strong team. It, it looked a strong team on paper on Saturday, and it looked a strong team again on on Tuesday. Huddersfield are awful. Huddersfield, they are, they're the worst team in the league, in my opinion, by a, by a, a big, big distance in terms of player for player and collectively. But Swansea were bottom of the league when Liverpool went there. West Brom are second bottom when they played them on in the FA Cup. So you still got to beat them. Liverpool were very professional, I thought, in the performance, very mature, and um, delivered a good good riposte. Uh, to take away some of the uh, the transfer gloom. Andy, you were watching the game in the office with me, and the distinct lack of noise that was coming from you suggests that it was that rare thing that Christian Walsh calls a, a comfortable routine three 0 away win. Ah, uh, the routine three 0 away win. Yes, it's finally emerged <laughs> from the, the from the depth. But yeah, it was just. I mean, I think there was there's various stats going on. And I haven't I haven't, haven't rewound the tape and, and and counted them all. But there was uh, there was some stat going around that Liverpool had. Uh, have broken the Premier League passing record for a number of passes. Don't know if that's true or not, but certainly Joel Matip um, had, uh, I think, the highest uh, uh, touches of any Liverpool player in the Premier League history. And um, that just shows you how the game was being played. Liverpool were passing it around at the back as they wanted to. I thought David Wagner's, you know, Klopp needed to see a friendly face after West Brom and after Swansea, and he got the nicest, friendliest face he could have had from. Wagner, um, it was. If, if you're going to beat Liverpool, you need to get in their faces and you need to get the ball into our box and hope something breaks for you. Um, the few times they did manage to get the ball in the box, there was little things that could have gone wrong. They got the shot that Carrier saved. Um, they had the penalty shot against Robertson, and they started throwing in a couple of long throws late on and that sort of stuff. That's what they should have been doing all game. Jones is absolutely right. They were the worst side to come to Anfield this season. For all it was nil nil at half time. That was they were the most defensively set up, maybe apart from Everton in the in the league game, but certainly similar Manchester to United. and Manchester United. Um, and luckily Sturridge, you know, his one big moment this season was probably getting that first goal at Anfield against Huddersfield. But last night, I thought they were they're absolutely terrible but I mean you've got to remember this is a side that beat United on that ground yeah. um, so they still had to be beat they need to give Liverpool some credit but I, I, I thought it was just the game Liverpool needed didn't, after. Even, didn't even get a booking Huddersfield in the game got beat 3-0 at home in front of their own fans in a relegation battle didn't have a player booked and you know what you've got to, you've got to feel sorry for their fans because certainly you two will know better in the ground but certainly on the telly felt like their fans you know, gave them as much support as you could given they didn't have a lot to get behind it was true because I mean, pre-match we were speaking to a few of the locals there and they were they were pretty buoyant because they, they were chuffed by the fact that Wagner had, had ditched his four at the back they expected it to be a 3-5-2 
with obviously Depotre and, and Munier, yeah. the other guy up there, and have a have a right go at Liverpool. You know, and I think Wagner had described Liverpool as being vulnerable in the build up to the game. But the way he set Huddersfield up, it wasn't. You know, they for a start it was a back five rather than a three, but they were so loose as well. It didn't even even the first twenty twenty five minutes where not an awful lot happened. You just felt as if it was a game Liverpool were just easing into, and when they did raise the bar, Huddersfield wouldn't be able to live with them and that was how it proved. Do you mean to think that Andy said that Liverpool perhaps haven't got the credit they deserve because they did start the game a lot, with a lot more intent than they did at, uh, did at Swansea when we were there the other week? Yeah, without, without, but I think they were helped by the fact that Huddersfield just stood off them and let them Well, that's what Swansea did as well, don't forget. Yeah, but I think the Swansea were just a lot better organised. I, I don't think Liverpool played particularly well in those early stages. I think the opening goal was massive because I thought after that it, it was a cruise. I don't I think it was a cruise until Liverpool scored. They hadn't really created much prior to, to Chan's strike. Um, but yeah, it was it was odd as well in the second half because I think after the after the break you expected Huddersfield to come and have a go and, and at least try and make a game of it. But they looked like a team that you know, just didn't believe that it was capable of, of stopping Liverpool, which was odd considering what they'd just seen Swansea and West Brom do to Liverpool. Um and they just—I think they were scared of what Liverpool could do to them on the counter. And in the end, I think they were reasonably happy to escape with a three-nil. There's only so many times in a season, you, like teams like Huddersfield, can really go to their absolute maximum. And I think seven of their next eight games are against teams in the yeah. in the bottom half, Huddersfield, something like that. And I think somewhere in their legs, and probably in David Wagner's head, their thought was. Let's Form, save. Form next we've got, I think, yeah, and so let's just, you know, let's see how we go, but our big chances for points are going to come after this, yeah. and that's when we really need to lift is, ourselves. Isn't that a positive then for Liverpool? That some because this is the argument that's been made about Manchester City that some teams just going up to City and go, well, we're never going to win. Have Liverpool kind of acquired that kind of? And it's difficult to say because Swansea can prove the complete opposite, but yeah. that that seems to be the exception because you can't really count the West Brom game as far as I'm concerned. That was like a completely different, I think, different thing. I think it depends on the team, and I think there's some teams that will fancy that they can defend well enough against Liverpool. I think there's some who don't back it, and Bournemouth and Huddersfield would be two that I would point out and say there's no chance either of them will ever keep a clean sheet against Liverpool because they don't play that way. Swansea maybe, West Brom maybe, Everton maybe, teams like that, but. Not, not Huddersfield. Well, then, that manager, not with that personnel. They, they left out. The, the bench had a fifteen million pounds right uh, signing that they made in January. He was on the bench, Pritchard, and they left out Tom Ince, who, you know, just just having him on the pitch, I think, would have given Liverpool a little bit of a sort of uneasy feeling. They didn't bring him on, did they? they Ince didn't even come off the bench. Came on late. No, on, he came on late. On, yeah, yeah. Sorry, he was three. Yeah, he blocked the Gomez. He had one chance in Gomez blocked it. Yeah, that's how much impact. Okay, then we mentioned the Firmino goal before. Who wants to pick this up? Great goal or rubbish goalkeeping? Both. Yeah, definitely both. Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, it's a goalkeeper who hasn't done his homework, isn't it? It's a goalkeeper who doesn't know what type of player Firmino is because you don't follow the eyes. You don't follow his eyes, you know. Follow his teeth. No, he, he, <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find everybody follows his teeth. Yeah, you can't help it. But um, no, he, um, he's gone near post, hasn't he? You know, everyone else in the ground's looking for the, the square ball, and he's he's rammed it in that near post. I, I wrote in the analysis that it reminds me of Fowler, uh, sort of impudence of, of the finish, and it reminded me a little bit as well of Coutinho against um, against United at Old Trafford, where he. Everyone's waiting for him to. What's he going to do with it? And he just puts it. He lifted that one. Yeah. For me, no, blasted it. I am. Um, he's brilliant, isn't he? I mean, that's you really like him, don't you? Yeah, I. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant, and I wrote it again in the analysis that if he plays like that, Liverpool win. And he didn't play like that against Swansea. He, he actually, he was one of the better ones at, at, against West Brom, but he obviously. He uh, he missed missed the penalty and just had a couple of loose touches. But last night he was back to. He, was, he wasn't. He wasn't as brilliant best against West Brom, and I wonder whether Firmino now is the the watchword for how Liverpool Liverpool yeah. played. You know what I mean? Whereby if he if he's on it, Liverpool on it, and, yeah. and if he's if he's just a wee bit off, then Liverpool are going to be off. And um, I'm not sure if it was you or James Jones who wrote in your piece. <laughs> if anything happens to Firmino, Liverpool, you know, are up a creek without yeah, a paddle. Yeah. Without yourself, yeah, and and I, I don't think. 
a true words ever been spoken um, because you know we'll come on to, to probably a little bit to transfers later but he is the, he's the one player Liverpool cannot afford I mean Salah's been scoring all the goals Firmino has a knock on effect doesn't he Firmino is like it's not just that you lose him you lose a little bit of Mane and a little bit of Salah and probably a little bit of the midfield as well yeah a big bit of them yeah. I would say yeah yeah, yeah you know so it, it's sort of it, it's it's different branches fall off the tree of Firmino isn't there James, you mentioned before about the midfield being much more dynamic than it was of late. But if you just looked at the, I think it was Neil that mentioned in his in his analysis of the game, saw the team sheet before the game, you wouldn't see the midfield and go Emre Chan, Jordan Henderson, um, James Milner, and say, "Ooh, lots of dynamism there." No, you wouldn't have done. And there's been times when that that trio hasn't performed anywhere near like they, like they did last night as a, as a unit. I think a, a big a big part of that was Henderson's freshness and energy coming back into the side you could see how much it meant to him his first start since he limped off down at Arsenal before Christmas um, I think you know he just well, what I liked about what, I liked, what I've always liked about Henderson as well and especially last night was you know he, he, he was moving the ball quickly yeah. and that was that was an important thing especially against the team who were, were trying to defend it in numbers and you know, not everything he tried came off, but at least at least he was trying to make things happen rather than just shifting it sideways and playing it safe. And the other thing was was Chan, who probably fortunate to keep his place after how poor he was in the in the games against Swansea and West Brom. But you know, that was that was the Emre Chan against Man City against Huddersfield. You know, it was he is a strange player to make sense of when, and I think that's why there's this kind of you know he hasn't he hasn't really had much stick has he because of his contract situation because I think a lot of fans don't quite know whether they should be just offering to drive him somewhere at the end of the season and, and happy to see the back of him or absolutely devastated that they're losing I, I, I think a they midfielder think... like that for nothing because you know you one week he can be a 9 out of 10 and the next week he can be a 3 or a 4 I think you have to realise as well with Chan is that Juventus I'm trying to say and that's Juventus who got to the Champions League final a couple yeah. of years ago when Juventus who always win well, the Italian free. league well he could they still wouldn't want him otherwise you no know, they, they, they just wouldn't, but it's, yeah. it's not the same as if they were bidding 40, 50 million pounds for true, but and, they, still, and they wouldn't true but he's still somebody who they're willing to pay an awful but, lot of money in terms of a wage and a, and a hand and him to a be fair a fair bit of that transfer fee Jonesy will probably be heading to Chan's agent because yeah. uh, these things of free transfers they're just not anymore it basically means that the, the selling club if you like doesn't get any cash but a lot a significant proportion of that cash just ends up in either yeah. Emre Chan's pocket or yeah, his agent. What, what I'm saying is, this isn't this isn't Philip Coutinho being taken off Liverpool. This isn't no. a, a, no. a European heavyweight saying he is the only man that we want to sign. We need to get him at all costs. This is a European heavyweight saying there's an opportunity here. Let's take advantage of it. Yeah. It's not it's not the same situation. He. He might just be a right winger. That might just be the, the thing. He might that, that he played right wing yesterday. He was absolutely crazy. He, he just he, him and. Him and Joe Gomez didn't really go forward. It was almost like Liverpool played a back three. But Gomez stayed at right back, and Matip and Lovren stayed. Robertson played left midfield, and Chan sort of played as a winger. It was certainly in the second half, especially he did really well. He still, he still, I still think he's miles off being the finished article mm. as a player because he still, you want him to do things early, and he doesn't. And as it, as it, you know, I was actually writing it for me half-time rating. And as luck would have it, he did something first time and got a little bit of fortune. But he doesn't mm. do that enough. He doesn't. He doesn't ask questions. I still think Henderson's the same. Half the times Henderson gets it twenty-five yards from goal, and you think, "Go on, try your luck," and he plays another pass, and Liverpool sort of end up going back to midfield. I, I spoke about it in the pod loads last year um, about if teams are sitting yeah. back. Do you remember? Yeah. And I said we've got to have more shots. You want, and... you want the defender to be scared of them to shoot, so he comes out of his centre half position yeah. to block, block the shot, as happened with the. Um, with the Chan goal, yeah. No one, if if, a lot, if you're going to pass it across the line, the defense can stay in completely in its its position. But yeah, well, it, it was. I remember the week after we spoke about that in the pod last season. Chan scored. I think it might have been against Burnley from shooting yeah. uh, mm-hmm. from from uh, you know edge of the box, and it, it's 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 an underrated skill in terms of, especially for Liverpool. Coutinho has been, you know, has been the man who can score from outside the box, isn't he? And you need to, you know. Obviously, Henderson has shown he can do it. You know, we all remember the Chelsea goal and all, and all those sorts of things. But you do need to. There's a real knack to striking a ball, isn't there? And there's some in the team who have it. You know, Alexander Arnold can strike a ball, for instance. But there's there's all the uh, um, 
you know, clearly Chan can strike a ball, yeah. but there's others where you think, I can't see him scoring. Yeah. Um, I mean, Milner hit one last night, but that was, I, I think me and James sort of went, Milner. Milner, by the way, I think the game suited Milner perfectly because Milner, we have to play one. He just walked. He just walked Didn't Klopp use this one in the past, this whole Milner-Yorkshire thing? He said this in the past, hasn't he? Was I think, the, was the first game I think it must be set the centrepiece of Milner-Klopp banter, which I don't think anyone needs <laughs> yeah. to get involved in. Well, Klopp, didn't Klopp spend time in York, didn't he, as a student? That was, yeah, but he went all round the UK, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I'm but, sure, but I'm sure yeah. one of the main yeah, points yeah. was was York, wasn't it? Where he, he, yeah. So he obviously has... He has something to talk to Mil- yeah. Millie about. But I think I think the reason the reason it's set up so nice for him is Milner is a very good footballer. We all know that. But what the problem when Milner gets becomes a, a sort of a target of of criticism, it's always it's from teams that have pace that can run past him essentially. And that Huddersfield team, I'm not sure if it was the slowest team ever to take. Yeah. A field in the Premier League history. I mean, me and me and Neil watch it for. We've seen Everton yeah. a couple of times. They are unbelievably slow. Although they have now bought Walcott, so I think perhaps, yeah, yeah Huddersfield might now be the slowest, slowest team. team. Yeah. And, that, and that that was why they couldn't turn. This was the difference between them and Swansea. They they couldn't turn sitting deep, creating traffic, if you like, in Car- Carvajal's phrase. They weren't able to turn that into then. Um, possible annoying yeah. breaks and AU for um, yeah. for Swansea was able Dyer. to do, and and Dyer were able to do that for them and uh, and you know whatever phrase you want to use transition or whatever they were able to to break on Liverpool Huddersfield you know I'd have been quite confident as a centre half being stood on the halfway line thinking they're not getting behind me here because there wasn't there wasn't this there wasn't this once they did it didn't they? Yeah. long diagonal flicked on where Gomez was beaten Go, yes and that created the chance yeah, for departure didn't it that, that was literally all they had now there was no Van Dijk as, as as we all know but Dejan Lovren came and he's somebody I don't I think since Van Dijk signed he hasn't played has he until until that's right oh, isn't yeah. it? No, he did, did he play did he play sure he played. captain team didn't he yeah. against Manchester City okay, apart from that yeah. game that you know the famous game that I've completely forgotten about but Van Dijk <laughs> but Van Dijk wasn't available for that game. Yeah. You know, whereas he wasn't yeah. able to full stop, whereas this one he was actually benched. But Lovren's come in, had a good game against Man City, had another good game uh, against Huddersfield. I mean, what are we meant to take from that, James? Is, is he kind of jumping ahead of Matip in the order to, to be alongside I don't uh, Van Dijk, Klopp... or is it just too early for that and we're just going to have to wait and see for the rest no, of this I, season? I don't think Klopp's made his mind up, to be honest, in terms of, I think it's difficult to say at the moment what his first choice combination would be. Um... I think you're right, obviously Van Dijk missed Man City, that tight hamstring. Then obviously Lovren was ill um, around the, the, the Swansea game and then obviously missed, missed training and stuff. So I think, well, I, th- I thought Lovren was really good against Huddersfield. You, know, you, ha- you have to kind of balance it against the fact of who he was up against. Well, he tends and to always have good games in games where he doesn't have to defend as much as he would Do you know what, though? But I thought even everything he did, I thought he did well. And there was quite a few times where he was just in the right place to, to deal with crosses and just got his foot in, made blocks, important interceptions. And although they didn't have a great amount of pressure, it was just like almost every promising position they found themselves in came to an end because of Lovren, I felt. And I think in general, it sounds stupid to say it because he obviously he's had a couple of high-profile, glaring nightmare performances but in general his, his actual form this season has been good well, I, I agree the problem that. is that he, he just when yeah. he has a meltdown yeah, he, a, he does it I'll, in style I'll, I think we've mentioned a few times he's an emotional defender as well so when he makes the mistake his immediate thought yeah. is oh no I need to I've yeah. got to make up for that yeah. and then yeah. he'll just but I think the other thing about, about Lovren is the worst thing that can happen is he feels comfortable <coughs> is when, when Lovren feels comfortable I think it, 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 there's danger signs there because he, he starts he, trying some he things starts, that, yeah Start stepping forward, and he didn't do that last night. He, was, he, he seemed like he was he was focused, he was concentrated, yeah. and he he was ready to keep a clean sheet. I quite liked, I particularly liked Joe Gomez towards the end. I didn't think he had a great first half, but then towards the end, he was the one who seemed to have a real, real desire to keep a clean sheet, and he, he threw himself in the way of as I've now found out with Tom Ince. I just thought, I thought it was just generic Huddersfield <laughs> winger, um, and. He threw himself, and I could you could see him going to his teammates, you know, don't don't let this go. And Klopp was going mad in the last five ten minutes. And I think both Henderson and Chan referenced it in their BT interview. They said, apart from the last ten fifteen, so he'd obviously had the message that it, they needed to improve that. But I thought Lovren, I thought he, he he was 
he was the highest mark I gave him, Jan and Firmino were the three highest, and I think he was um, he's done himself no harm at all. On on those two, Lovren, completely agree. Thought thought he was excellent, and the only worry is that if he stays in the team for Sunday, that the sight of Harry Kane makes him lose his all yeah. senses again, which yeah. is what happened at Wembley. <laughs> uh, and that, that was some of those classic Lovren occasions where he thinks, "I'm going to be the man here for the team. I'm going to." Put him, put him on his backside. Yeah, he's put a target on, on, on Kane's back and he's done everything possibly wrong in the game. Um, Joe Gomez, uh, I mean, you mentioned partners for Van Dijk. For me, if Liverpool don't start next season with a back four from the right of Klein, Stroke, Trent, Gomez, Van Dijk, Robertson, I'd be very surprised. I, you I, really? I, I, yeah. I wouldn't be because I think Joe Gomez is not good enough in the air at the moment. That's a very good point. He seems to get caught under the ball on a bit of ball watching yeah, as well, doesn't I, I, he? I do. Would, I, I, he's a very, very good player, Joe Gomez, and I do think he's going to be a centre half in the future. But he has to improve that. I think he's he doesn't judge the flight of the ball well at all. I, I think he struggled more on it when he bulked up so much, and I think he's actually struggling with the fact he was yeah he had muscle it's weight on him. Yeah. I think muscle. he's starting to look a bit leaner. Yeah. And I think he'll um, he definitely did get beaten a ball last night, as you say. But I actually think he'll be. He'll be all right on that score, and you know, I, I can see you know Klein Gomez Van Dyke is, is a very solid. Left at Robertson? Run Robertson, Robertson. a it, bit it, more attacking. I think but Robertson. I mean, I I was we were talking on the way home with James about Robertson and saying I still think Moreno is Klopp's first preferred choice to Robertson when they're both fit and fully fit. But every time you watch Robertson and every time you watch Moreno, I think you. I disagree more and more with that. He, that he must idea. be changing his opinion, yeah. mustn't he? Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, Paul Gorse did a piece on the Echo site last week comparing yeah. the number of passes and the number of involvements of Robertson compared to Moreno. We've all got this image of Moreno bombing up and down the thing, but actually, it's Robertson who's actually delivering on that. Robertson and, plays in their half, the, yeah. pretty much the entire game. Yeah. He? yeah, he still manages to, you know, he's n- no fullback's perfect, especially one who's meant to be as attacking as Robertson is. And you know, last night he did go, you get, I'm not going to even attempt to say his name, but the, the right, <laughs> right full-back um, for Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Yeah, well, he went past him at one stage yeah. when he'd, he'd put in a bad, remember that cross he put in that just went sealed behind about 10 yards, and about a minute later, um, he got skinned by the right foot. So he's not, he's not perfect, Robertson, but I don't think you find, you just need one who'll more times than not do it right. And I think, he still needs to improve his distribution when he gets up to, to, to the box. By the way, I think we he, all know he, that he's got like you can just see it almost, can't you? You can see it in his head. Whip it, whip it in, whip it in, whip it in, and then he sort of has to remember there's no one in there to whip it in. There's to, no so Scottish number nine at the back post. <laughs> someone needs <laughs> to tell him that. Now you mentioned Klein at right back. Is that when he isn't appearing in uh, American hip hop TV reality <laughs> series? Well, you know more about that story than me. <laughs> well, that, but I did. It, watch... was, it was pointed to, to me by Christian Walsh who was, a, who was a big fan of all things. American it was very American, odd, wasn't it? It was a very strange one. Yeah. I don't know when he was recorded. Kleiny, yes, yeah. as, he, as he will now be international known. soccer star. Yes, <laughs> remember, you, if, of course, if you though, haven't seen that, by the way, anyone listening, make sure you try and find that on the internet. It's very, very, very yeah, weird. The story on the Echo site, if you want to read it. But the um, remember that we're coming now. I mean, Klopp mentioned Klein doing well at his press conference last week, didn't he? And looking back before Christmas, it was mid February, was the and tomorrow's February, so you know, we can expect to start seeing hopefully. Um, Story saying that he's not coming back anytime soon. Well, I mean, there's you know there's been lots of rumours about Nathaniel Klein, but as far as we know, he's got a, he's he's had a back problem, and and you know Klopp specifically picked him out and said he was doing well, didn't he? At his press conference, you, that would be on a, the grass. He said, didn't yeah, he? it would be odd for him to do that if um, if it was um, if it was something where he, we weren't going to be seeing him for a while. So fingers crossed, because you know he he will bring extra solidity to that. Now, towards the end of the game, uh, on social media, some of our colleagues from the, na- from the national press were extolling the virtues of Jordan Henderson for his performance. James you know, touched on that before. But it was, almost all of them were couched, couched in the terms of, I know I'm going to get a lot of criticism for this opinion, but... And that's kind of how Jordan Henderson is still seen. I mean, James, you were obviously dealt with quite a lot and as Liverpool captain and you Liverpool reporter and so on and so forth. Do you feel as though he is not getting the credit that he deserves. And that he's one of these players that when he's not playing, that's when you're missing more or noticing more than when he actually is. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he's always been quite unfairly judged. I think I, I just think it, it's just a bit bizarre how there's certain players who, you know, 
allowances are made for them all the time. When they're average, they're built up as as, as being an outstanding, um, and their flaws are just overlooked. But for some reason, with with Henderson for a long, long time, with a lot of supporters, they only they only seem to focus on what he can't do rather than what he can. And I think yeah, I think it was, a, it, was it felt like it was a good time for him to come back into the side because you know, after two poor results. It was. It was a. You know. I think obviously he was desperate to get back. Frustrating kind of five or six weeks for him, but it was. It was. It was timely, really, especially with all the talk about you know the armband and you know the Klopp being accused of disrespecting that by dishing out the captaincy to someone else each week. You know to have your your club captain back out there and also a club captain who was actually stamping his authority on a game and and really driving his team forward. Um, so yeah, I just think it's one of those bizarre things about social media where people make up their mind about a certain player and they don't want to be, they, they don't want to admit that they might have got things wrong, and they they only they're only interested in things that are going to feed their own strongly held opinions about someone. But um, if Jordan Henderson continues to perform like that between now and May, then uh, there'll be a few people eating humble pie. Neil, there's a World Cup coming up as well in the summer. That's going to be something that's going to be playing in not just his mind, but a lot of other players' minds, such as Emery Chan, for example. Yeah, yeah. Adam Lallana, throw him into there. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, um, Daniel Sturridge. We've already seen it's played on his mind, and he's 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 headed off in search of, you know, a, a bit of a lifeline in that regard. I don't care about the World Cup. To be honest. <laughs> I don't you know? It doesn't doesn't um, doesn't get any interest of mine. In, 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 in I, personal, it, it, it yeah. even won't when it's on. To be honest, it's just it's just one of, it's just one of them things. I'll, uh, I'll watch the football because it's on, but it's not. I don't uh, analysis-wise, I don't have anything to offer on on the World Cup. It's just it just happens. And well, he doesn't because he's from Northern Ireland. And they well, never get that. Once the Panini sticker so album close. comes out, yeah, so I'll uh, I'll start getting interested. Yeah. And then, to be honest, once the games are on and you get into that routine of maybe watching two or three games a day, I love it. But in terms of obviously, we go you go into it. Wanting to make sure that none of the Liverpool players get injured is, is your first thought, isn't it? And then, um, and even like, there's every chance that this England side's going to go and be massively disappointing again, and be the usual Ferrari around it and reviews and everything else. And you just hope that Jordan Henderson and the other Liverpool yeah. lads who are, aren't to blame, aren't, aren't, aren't picked out or aren't caught up in that sort of maelstrom of negativity, because you want them coming back um, at the end of the summer. Haven't had a good experience, or even you know, because you know, if England do actually, in the thought that they might actually play well and and proceed in the turn to a reasonable level, you know, you get the country tends to get behind them, and it becomes quite a positive thing, doesn't it? But um, what we most of us expect to happen will be they'll be disappointing. Um, they'll go out in the last sixteen or whatever it is, if not in the group, and then it will be everybody, um, you know trying to work out what's gone wrong and, and fingers will be pointed well that's that's why I think Henderson is is the one who gets the finger pointed at him is that because you could argue that maybe you know is he the common denominator or not or is he a common denominator but he's played for England in an era when they failed in European Championships and World Cups went out in the group stage of the World Cup beaten by Iceland albeit he wasn't in the team for that game he was he was um, he had Finished the season with a heel injury, mm. yeah. and, not, and neither crucially was. I don't think Adam Lallana played from the start that night, did he? And he had had so. a great tournament. Yeah, yeah. you know he played. And that yeah. was that was a. But and also, and also at Liverpool, he's played in an era when they've nearly won stuff and not quite. And I think because he's been there for so long, I think that's another reason why he gets pointed at him that Liverpool haven't won anything for six years, and Jordan Henderson's been there for the entire entirety of that time same with Lucas isn't it he's, he's now the, the new Lucas in a way that when, Lucas, when Jordan Henderson leaves Liverpool people will say he was alright Jordan Henderson made 300 appearances yeah. you know, what a good character You know, loved the club always gave us all and then you'll get the people who say I always rated Henderson I never, I never selected Henderson I, I, always, I was always the one defending him to people like when Lucas left and there was all this fake yeah, all yeah. over, all over social media of oh, what a great guy, all the yeah. best in La- Lazio, and these people were the people who were booing him when he was when he was playing at yeah. Liverpool. Lucas, by the way, who was doing very well at, La- at uh, Lazio this season yeah. in, the, in the Champions League places. Exactly. Nice yeah. assist the other day. That the um, back heeled goal. Yes. The uh, I think the big thing about Henderson and the reason, uh, I mean, Klopp puts it on to obviously he is the man who came after Gerrard, which is you know a bit of it. But I think if you look at the West Brom game on Saturday. 
and we we should probably reflect on that because we we didn't weren't able to <laughs> to uh, yeah. Okay, let's, let's very quickly reflect on. No, it. No, 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 way, let me way, just talk way. about Jordan Henderson okay. on, on that game first. Henderson came off the bench and Milner came off the bench as the sort of cavalry when Liverpool were being absolutely awful, and both of them played quite well. But and, but Jordan Henderson was probably maybe the only person Liverpool player who might have deserved you know like a maybe a seven on the on the day or whatever or a ten. But the the thing what he can't do then is deliver the that yeah. the key goal. Or or whatever that that can that can then maybe set you going. And obviously he's coming after a man who could do precisely that. And in fact, you know, there's an argument said that that is what Steven Gerrard made his name doing. That when the, those moments in a game that because Gerrard ha- could have fairly average performances and then just in five minutes he produced yeah. what you needed. And and usually at a time when you most needed it, and that's one of the reasons he was he is the is the legend he is, and that is what Henderson's only able to do, and that's you know that's it's not his fault if you like because that's not what he does. Um, for all that you know, when he was playing further forward, there was more of a goal in him. Um, you know, a lot of us thought he was going to be a box to box midfielder. Exactly. Weirdly, for someone who, who I, I've criticised him for not shooting, he's. I think if he did the top ten of Jordan Henderson's goals for Liverpool, he's only got about fifteen. But the, he's got some good ones. He's, he's got, he's got, good got some absolute and he, belts, t- and he tends to run away swearing. I think he was swearing when he walked off last night. With us, right? <laughs> <laughs> when he was substituting, he was certainly saying something. He was saying something to the yeah. oh, Adam Milano was in the press box. Maybe he was. Uh, maybe yeah. he was having another word. He wasn't. I thought he was sort of celebrating with the fans. Actually, he wasn't like. It wasn't a sort of. It was a pleased swear, which we've all do on occasions, yeah. don't we? Happy, happy F. The, the, the West Brom game then, we won't dwell on this very long, in a word, one word, Andy? Disaster for me. That's actually three. James? Shambles. Neil? Uh, ugly. Pathetic. Right, two things that came out of the game on uh, Tuesday. One was the penalty situation with uh, Mo Salah and James Miller. The other one, uh, the, probably the one negative, was James, the performance of Sadio Mane to a degree. In the fact that he's definitely not in the best of form, even though if you look at his stats in his last four Premier League games, he's had two goals and two assists. And the two goals he scored were goals that ended up, and ended up proving decisive in Elf. He got an assist for Firmino's last night. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> it still counts as an assist. Are, are we concerned by Sadio Mane? Were you surprised to see him start? I must admit, I was. Um, not really, because I think he's that good that you just probably just hoping that that will be the game when it clicks. Um, but it didn't, and I, yeah, I felt sorry for him actually. And it, it seems strange to say it because you're right when you think of, you know, he brought that game at Burnley to life after an absolutely dour opening hour with a wonderful strike on the turn, and then you know the finish against Man City was was emphatic. But there's, there's been so much wrong with his general game, and I'm not sure, not sure what it is. I think I've you heard know, various kind of ideas touted. You know, one is that. You know, he's had his nose put out of joint by Salah becoming the main man and all the rest well, of it. Well, he's and playing on the left now, isn't he, as opposed to the right? Well, but then he played a lot of his football on the left previously. I'm not sure. One one thing I think, sure I think he's a little bit predictable playing on the left. He, he, he'd done it against Arsenal, but he did that brilliant little jink inside and bent to the far corner. And he he tries to do it every single time he has yeah. the ball now. And yeah. he, there was one last night where he had it and he, he just ended up falling over and clearing it out. Milner won it back. Yeah, when Milner won it back. That doesn't explain his poor first touch, though. It doesn't, no. no, But but I wonder whether he's just losing the sort of... He maybe doesn't feel like he's got as much of the game to to, to influence as as he does when he plays. And I'm a little bit surprised that Liverpool haven't tried him, just just moving him for for the game. And I I know why, because Salah's played They have switched so well. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just wondering whether that's the next thing for Liverpool to go... Just go back to where you were last season. Just, let's have a go. Tottenham especially, because he scored two against Tottenham last year, and both coming remember, in from the right-hand side. That's when he came back from the African, African Cup of yeah, Nations yeah. Were, and before, and he hadn't been playing particularly well either. Against Ben Davis, wasn't it, who, who isn't fast. He's a tall, you know, he's a sort of pretty much a centre-half. He plays left-back. So I wonder whether that might be something they might consider, because Salah doesn't play on the wing, whatever wing he plays on. He, play, he, he basically plays in the, in the middle, sort of just off a of forward. So I wonder whether they might think about that. Albeit, having said that, I actually thought that him and Robertson did some quite nice things in terms of link-up play. So there were signs of that being promising. But I do think he's a little bit predictable when he plays. He doesn't he doesn't go outside anyway. He never goes onto his left foot, Mane, when he when he's running down that left he, hand side. And he's going to have to keep people honest by by trying to <laughs> yeah, go down yeah. that way. Otherwise, 
it, you know, it's so telegraphed what he's going to do. And I mean, obviously, had, uh, you mentioned the Chan passes. You know, yeah. obviously, both of them landed on Mane's yeah, hand, and you know, one of them a bit too close to the keeper, and the other one obviously he got good power on it. Good, you know, looked great. Good diving header and just wide. And on an, I think an inform Mane scores one of them, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, he's. It, I am a bit worried about him. I have to say, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure it's psychological, but I do think that he's that something he's a, about the arrival of Salah. I'm not sure if it's the position on you know Jonesy talking switching from to the left, and maybe we've underestimated how as James said he did play you know full season at um, Red Bull uh, uh, on the left, um, but something's not not right with him. And James says Klopp's just gonna. Try and play him through it, isn't he? And hopefully, it'll, James says it'll click. Do you think he might be a streaky player, though, James? He has these spells where he does very well, then he doesn't do very well. But as Andy said before about not comparing Gerard and Mane, but Gerard, as you said, could have games where he didn't do particularly a lot, wasn't particularly brilliant, but he can do something special. That's what you think Klopp yeah. believes Mane can bring to the team. It's interesting because I remember speaking to a reporter who, who covered Southampton when Liverpool were in the process of signing it. And he said he said then that, that that Mane was a streaky player in terms of you know he'd be great for six or seven games and then and then we'd go miss him for a bit and yeah now it, it, that inconsistency had been a source of great frustration for um, for their for their fan base. Now the thing is that last season he wasn't streaky then was he? You know, he was he was he was brilliant for I'd say almost the entire season. Obviously he, he missed two chunks of it. One obviously because of the African Cup of Nations. One because of the injury that he suffered in the derby. But, you know, I was I was amazed at just how consistently brilliant he was then. Now, I don't know, maybe maybe that that's that was just a one off season that he had and maybe he's now back in the groove of what he was in before. I hope not. Um but yeah, I just think I just think he maybe is trying a bit too hard at the moment. You know, Klopp spoke recently about how he thinks you know, he, he felt as if his confidence had taken a battering after the Merseyside derby, when of course he missed missed that chance that ended up being very costly. Um, but yeah, I think I mean he's, because we know of what what he can do. I think that's why at the moment it is quite alarming to see him falling so long, so far short of, of of what he what he produced last year. Then there was the penalty situation at the end, Neil. I mean. I think everybody thought James Milner was uh, was going to take it, yeah. and uh, I think James Milner thought James Milner was going to take it, <laughs> and then uh, Mr. Salah just took the ball off him and said, "I feel quite confident. I'll have this thanks yeah. and put it away." Apologised immediately as well. Didn't yeah. he? Sorry, <laughs> sorry about putting that in the corner, James. I mean, but there's been a bit. There was obviously a bit of a debate about the penalty situation after what happened at West Brom with Firmino yeah. missing. It ended up. I know Liverpool have missed a few this season. That was the first one that ultimately proved costly and losing them a game. Yeah, it was only because funny enough before the game, James and I. Don't want to out you, but we, we always talk about bets, potential bets on the game. And I think I, I said Milner, I said I fancy Liverpool to get a penalty tonight. And I think Milner, Milner will be the one to take it. And then we were discussing, going off on a tangent, but we were discussing James Milner the last time he scored from open play. Which I'll, I'll let you uh, let you have a go at that if you want to have a guess guess at that. It's not Bordeaux, is it? Something. No, like Manchester that. City uh, right after the League Cup final 2016. That's the last time he scored. When he did the, 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 the yeah, 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 the, the whip, yeah. the sort of last oh, thing. Yeah. That's that's so. So anyway, we were discussing that. But then when the penalty came and Salah was taking it, I said, oh, this, this is the goalkeeper who saved the one at Anfield, isn't it? This, mm, it, it, was, yeah. it was against Huddersfield. So it only matters if he misses at the end of the day. and It, it, it only matters the debate. Klopp said, I thought I'd made it clear. It's clear as day that he made, he made it clear that Milner was the penalty taker. <laughs> yeah. Of all the people in the world who wouldn't, who would have remembered who Klopp said was the penalty taker. James Milner is the man who would have completely yeah. made a note of that in his head. <laughs> and, um, Klopp, Klopp has a vision of, of his head. The phrase he used was, Millie scored about 50, yeah, well, yeah. when Millie scored seven, I think, seven, last yeah, season, and then yeah. missed the eighth. Yeah. So Klopp has a vision of his head of James Milner putting in lots of penalties. He wanted James Milner taking that penalty. I was sat in the office going, why on, in slightly different language, why on earth is James Milner not taking this penalty? Yeah. And I have to say, um, I'd prefer Salah taking it to Firmino. I don't like Firmino's run-up when he takes a pen. Um, but I would much, you know, if your life if your life depended on it, and that's the way I always look at it. These things. Who would I have going up there? And I'd have James Milner ahead of Mo Salah any day do, of the week. Do you think at nil nil James Milner would have walked away if it was nil nil? No, I think at nil nil Salah wouldn't have taken it. 
I, I, think, I think at nil nil he wouldn't have even offered. So I, I think I, because I, it was quite, two nil, I think he was thinking, like, I won't be going. I quite goal like Hungriness. I quite like the fact that he clearly he's clearly he after golden boot. He's after yeah. golden boots, well, he's after like goals, he's after records. He don't, well, I, I, I don't like that. I slightly don't like it because because slightly I'm just thinking like no, because <laughs> my marginal <laughs> dislike. My, there's a little thing in my head going I'm hitting opinions. There's a, there's a little <laughs> Alright. Alright. Alright there in the corner. <laughs> Here he is, Mr. Controversy. I'll, I'll, I'll give him his chance in a minute, don't Listen, worry. I'll, I'll start mentioning photographs of Jimmy Carragher's birthday party soon. Um, but um, there's, a, there's a little yeah. devil in my head saying, is this a player trying to embellish his stats? Because he'd quite like to be seen as, you know, this mega player, which he is. And then somewhere in the back of my head is the only reason you want to be sending out that message is to get other people interested. And that, that, that's the little devil in my head. And Moussa has done nothing since he's been at Liverpool. It's very to, suspicious, by the way. Very well, paranoid. I, I, football fans become paranoid because they've seen this happen before. And... I, that that was the first time this season I've thought to myself, Mo Salah's done something that was that was for Mo Salah instead of for the team. He put it in. He, he did put it in. He did put it in. Do you know what? He's trying to just sick, sick of the, watching people miss penalties. Yeah, or is there yeah. is there not a, a case that Mo Salah thought this goal he saved one of me last yeah, time? You know, like, I I I don't I want to I want to win that. I'm going to put out, back, wrestle that back. If you I'm like. going to put out there that Mo Salah had no idea it was the same goalkeeper. <laughs> Because I just yeah. don't think he do you think, would know. Do you think he remembered wow. missing a penalty against Huddersfield, wow. though? Yeah. I oh, yeah, definitely. But I slightly dislike that opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> go, go into the controversy <laughs> corner with this. <laughs> go on, James. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I, I like the fact that he took the... Is that a full, that he, dis- is that a full like? Yeah, yeah. I, thought I fully liked and endorsed his decision <laughs> to grab that ball. Because what, he scored 25 already, he thought... Well, the biggest penalty yeah. of the season. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Anyone's you can, taking penalty. You didn't care about that because it was to do the World Cup. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I, lo- I love Egypt. You slightly <laughs> care about that? I'm not. Um, fully, <laughs> fully on board. Yeah, but but that, what, do you think Klopp said there's a group of five? Then he who, who take penalties. I'm, I imagine Salah is among them. It'd be weird if he, if he yeah. wasn't, and he was just the one who used to watch through the window <laughs> from Melbourne. But so I suppose. <laughs> It only matters if he misses. Like I mean, mm. remember Balotelli doing it with with um, with Henderson. Henderson, Henderson yeah. yeah. I mean that was that was made a big thing of because I think Stephen Gerrard was in the, the studio that night in the uh, the ITV studio and he said if he was, it was despicable, I think he said or something like that. If he's gone against team orders, it's it's a, a thing. But at the end of the day, if Liverpool Liverpool have won three 0 Salah's got the third goal. It's not a big issue. Now we're recording this on transfer deadline day on the Wednesday. Is it Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, Wednesday. It's on Wednesday. Anyone, um, anyone would think there's not a lot happening yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like we're just trying to fill space. Um, there have been some movements already confirmed, James. The may, two things basically. Jurgen Klopp spoke after the game and said, "I'd have to be unconscious if, if for Danny Ings to be sold." So whether he's inviting someone to knock him out, I don't know. But Daniel Sturridge has gone on loan to West Brom. Um, that was on Monday. And there was a suggestion that Newcastle wanted him, but he changed his... Well, West Brom came in for him and took him. Jurgen Klopp seemed, obviously, quite happy to, to let him go, despite the fact Liverpool have already lost Philippe Coutinho. Were you surprised that he's gone, or does that perhaps tell you what Klopp actually thinks of Sturridge's contribution, certainly this season? Both of those things, yeah. I was surprised that he let him go, but I think the fact that he's prepared to let him go when he's got no intention of replacing him shows where Sturridge... Stood, stood in the pecking order and what Klopp has made of him and what he's got out of him so far this season I think he he just decided that it wasn't worth keeping him around which I think is a big call when we spoke earlier on about the brilliance of Firmino and the importance of keeping him fit and it, for me it wasn't so much about what you could guarantee from from Sturridge if you kept him from now till May because we know it's fitness issues we also know that Klopp's not a massive fan of keeping players who don't want to be there so you know he may well have had there might have been an issue with his attitude if if he'd made him stay, but it just worries me the fact that Liverpool have only got Danny Ings and Dominic Solanke as backup, neither of whom has scored a senior goal this season. Um, so that was my main issue with letting Sturridge go. Completely understand why he wanted to go there. Completely understand why West Brom is a fantastic deal for them. I'm just not convinced that it's a brilliant deal for for Liverpool, but. 
make no mistake, it's Klopp's judgment call, and he had he clearly had decided he had no intention of using Sturridge if he kept him around. Neil Klopp um, said that he thinks that Mo Salah can play can can play up front. Do you see that as being an option in case Firmino yeah. gets injured? Twenty six goals this season. I think Mane can play I, up front as well. I, I think Mane would actually benefit from being more yeah. central, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I th- <laughs> Again, we're discussing it. Me and James had a long chat in the car last night. <laughs> Where were you? It was just Paul Huddersfield. It's, it's almost like the M62 was shut. It's like the M62 was shut on the way back. But we're talking about Liverpool not getting that. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool getting a, not getting a great deal of money. It was a two million loan fee and about yeah. about the same again in, mm. in wages, saved wages. Yeah. But then, did you take a slight dislike to them? <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then, at the end of the the summer or the end of the season, sorry, they could also get. 30 million if Daniel Sturridge goes to West Brom and plays and scores and West Brom want to sign him then they get they get the fee for him Liverpool which it was only going to fall really the chances were it was only going to fall at that asking price from 30 million I think when when James wrote that Liverpool wanted 30 million they did but I think a lot of people just went well who are they trying to kid you know they're not getting they're not going to get that for him because he doesn't play enough football if he goes and plays a bit they might get it for him in the summer as opposed to having absolutely no chance of getting it if he just sat on the bench and waited for Roberto Firmino's hamstring to twang. Now, Sturridge could, Andy, do Liverpool a favour, though, because he can't play against Liverpool late this season, but he can play against Tottenham, he can play against Manchester United, he can play against Chelsea, City? he can play tonight? against he's playing against City tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a route. You know, Chelsea have used quite a lot by having their players at other Premier League clubs, haven't they? And um, listen, I'm absolute, absolutely certain, and, you know, replay this in... Three months when he's played no games and got no goals. But <laughs> I, I absolutely feel Daniel Sturridge is going to score goals at West Brom. And to be honest, given the form that Rodriguez clearly is in at Anfield on on on, on Saturday, for all that Liverpool were very poor, he looked sharp. They've already got um, Rondon, haven't they? Yeah. They've got um, Robson Canu, and they've got um, now Sturridge. And that to me looks like a forward line that can keep West Brom in, in the Premier League. And I would say to you know that's really good business by by Pardew. You know, what I mean, obviously Pardew's got a very, you know, mixed, um, you know, sort of reputation. I think on Alan Liverpool Pardew fans. would say it's really good business by Alan <laughs> yeah. Pardew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, today, today, would, today yeah. Alan Pardew said that Daniel Sturridge is in the same category as Harry Kane, and has also said that moving to West Brom is, is furthered his career. Well, I mean, it's furthered his career because he was sat not getting a game at Liverpool, mm. so it clearly has. It's furthered his career by potentially putting him back in the World Cup uh, picture again for England. I mean, England could do with a, a you know another striker to take pressure off Harry Kane and Daniel Sturridge. I haven't got the thing here, but I'm sure Daniel Sturridge has scored more England goals than Harry Kane, hasn't he? Um, would have done. Sturridge led the line for England in the World Cup, didn't he? Yeah, the last he did. World Cup. Another case of us getting to a fact that we haven't checked. But I mean, yeah. it is, but, <laughs> <laughs> we, we always get one of those yeah. every podcast. Yeah. But no what I would say is Sturridge is a far more experienced international striker than Kane. I would say, and uh, um, and if he if he if he's got that desire to get on the pitch and, and give everything, which it feels like he has, because he, you know, he's uprooted himself to try and go and get to this World Cup, I think he's going to do really well. And hopefully, as you say, a lot of that doing really well business will be against Liverpool's top four rivals. I, I, well, I've got to, I was going to try and steer it this direction, but I didn't realise it really until, until sort of doing my research for last night's game. But I just think the next 10 days could almost put Liverpool in the top four. You know, like, it, obviously, it could all go wrong. It could it, beat Spurs, it could yeah. Fall. Beat Spurs. Spurs got United tonight. Could, mm. could easily do what do you want there? I, I think you want a draw. Yeah, yeah. a draw. Because you can't ever draw, say you yeah. want United to win. Yeah. In the Liverpool. cold light of day, you actually you want, all want of them United to, to win. But we can. You you'd can rather, never you'd be. You'd there. rather United win than Spurs. Then the Spurs have got Liverpool. So Liverpool are five ahead of Spurs. It'll be eight. Yeah, could could still be five tonight. Could be eight if they beat Spurs and Arsenal. Spurs play Arsenal the week after, so you draw. I think you take an Arsenal win that one because I don't think they're coming back. 
from wherever Mega Money Mesut Ozil, who's obviously yeah, decided yeah, he wants to stick around. Still got Petr Cech and goal, but there's Papi Mache hands. Also, Papi Petr got some sort of inheritance or something. It's just like yeah, I've got a theory about this because he knows he's going in either this season or next season. Just got ah, forget it. I'm just going to spend all this money on all these players that I would normally sign. Yeah. I think but then, what I think is, at the end of that three run, Spurs have got United, Liverpool, Arsenal, and if they win all three of them, you, you applaud them and say, what a good side Spurs are. They won't win all three of them, in my opinion. There's no way. But Liverpool get a free hit on Sunday, yeah, don't they? Yeah. Like, Liverpool could be, what, ten points ahead of Spurs you know, in the, in the race for top four after after next next fortnight. They could, they could be behind them. <laughs> they, could, they could be struggling but what a big, big incentive it is for Liverpool. Big push. They've got, they've got Tottenham and then Southampton. Is it? Mm. Away. Southampton struggling down the yep. down the wrong end. You know, not not the formidable fixture that it has been in recent seasons for Liverpool. The in next my opinion. How did that happen? And how? Well, yeah, exactly. But I think it's a big, big couple of weeks for Liverpool. And you know, everyone's looking at that Champions League game on the on the horizon with with Porto. But I think the league stuff in between is massive. Very, very final point then, James. It is recording this at about finishing at about half four on the Wednesday. Still six, six and a half hours to go. The transfer window. Are we expecting to see lots of? <laughs> are you expecting to have a busy evening, James, doing work? Um, no, not particularly. Uh, just waiting on outgoings. I think, barring something incredibly dramatic happening. Uh, Lazar Markovic, obviously the most high-profile. Player we expect to move on. Swansea, his most likely destination. Um, Lloyd Jones has already gone to Luton Town on a permanent basis today, and the other ones will just be whether uh, loan deals go through for Harry Wilson. Um, obviously, Ovi Ajari, we fully expect that to get confirmed his loan to Sunderland, and then the likes of Adam Bogdan and John Flanagan, two players on the fringes who don't feature in Klopp's immediate plan. So, uh, no, a very low key end to the window. Right, that should just about do us. Unless yeah, you just, wanted to say something. No, only just that we'll, we, we'll, we'll probably come back and do a chat about the transfer window tomorrow in another podcast. And, and look uh, ahead to Tottenham. Yeah, and, and, and look ahead to Tottenham. And look ahead to Tottenham. But, but, but uh, I also was thinking when you mentioned Southampton there, uh, God, there's going to be a lot of people in Southampton with sore throats after Liverpool visit. <laughs> cause, I mean, if Klopp picks Lovren at the back, Lallana's, if he can get, Lallana's due to be back for the game after Spurs, isn't he? So that's Southampton. Yeah. And and then picks yeah. Van Dijk. Yeah. Um, Klein will be back, yeah. Klein, 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 yeah. Klein, yeah. If, we, if, we, if, we, if we get a decent selection of cough sweeps coming out of that game, there's going to be a lot of sore. This, this could be our route. To uh, finally to the big box, right? <laughs> that, that that should do. So join us next time. We're all off to eat some cake that Andy got us early today, which he promised. We, you've still got it, haven't you? Victoria sponges on the way, mate. There you go. Everyone's a winner. Cheerio.